This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadrons Podcast, Skyhopper's Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast, and Retro Inc. Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to episode 55 of Tatooine Sons. It's been a quiet week on the Star Wars news front, but you've sent in some questions and thoughts. Thanks for the help. We can't wait to share our thoughts. Plus, Dad has some hot takes. We will look back at last week's poll results and more. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? It's time for Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do or do not. There is no try. Turbis? Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that Porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody listen Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I am joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. Uh, true to Star Wars fans, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you didn't get to send us any questions. Well, and of course, you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. It's a, another, like, it's a flashback. It's like a, a, a throwback Thursday or a flashback Friday, but it's a Saturday. A, uh, a, a step a, back Saturday. A step back Saturday. Yeah, we're recording on Saturday morning um, right now because, uh, yeah, I don't know for sure why we're recording on Saturday morning. It except, was, it was a, a little crazy. Yeah, it was a crazy Been week. A, been a so, busy week. It has been a busy week, and we were originally thinking we were going to be recording with the Cancel Cast this morning, uh, but then I found out yesterday that I had my dates wrong, and I uh, we are recording with them on next Saturday oh. morning. So that's when we um, will be doing our thing. Our thing. Which is cool because yeah. Cantocast has been one of the biggest supporters. Jeff Frischbach uh, actually sent in a, one of those messages to us on uh, our 50th episode. So yeah, we're excited about this. We're trying the mic set up a little bit differently this week than we did last week. We still have uh, some kinks to work out. I have a feeling, um, yeah. and the boys are having a hard time because they're hearing me and their mic and their my mic in their ears, but not me. Uh, we'll figure it all out. You know what? Let's just have some fun and talk Star Wars. Are you guys ready for that? I'm ready. All right, that's cool. Right, we're going to jump right into it. 
All right, we got a lot to cover today. It's kind of a fun week for us. Um, so let me see if I can find the right page. Yeah, so um, one of the things that happened this week, which you should probably talk about, probably. is that we launched a new podcast series. <laughs> you know? That's a little important. Yeah, it's a, not it's too a much. Good thing. So um, great kid, don't get cocky. Like, we're not cocky. I mean, we we know that there's kinks to work out on that one as well. The audio was echoey, and we're trying to make sure that we don't have that problem going forward. The problem is we recorded four episodes at once, so the next three episodes will have that echoey audio mm. and some of the challenges. One thing I learned, guys, I don't know if this is like a technical thing to all of you uh, future video uh, YouTubers and podcasters out there. If you're recording audio separate from your video and you use an iPhone, which you know is a great video uh, recorder, mm-hmm. um, video on iPhone is actually variable rate. And so when you sync up your audio and your video, it doesn't stay in sync. And uh, it was a, a real challenge. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, it was a bad situation for us. So it took me about two days to figure out how to get the uh, thing, the recording up. But we're working on it. We'll have the next one up uh, for our Patreon supporters, which you guys are absolutely awesome. We're going to talk about you next anyway. Um, our Patreon supporters uh, are going to get that one Monday. And all of general public will be released on Thursday, January 10th. And that is actually the second half of Spark of Rebellion. So if you haven't watched the first episode yet, go to YouTube, search Tatooine sons and um you'll find us and our highlighted video on our page um if you're a returning visitor which i'm hoping that all of you listening to this podcast will be returning visitors to our youtube page at some point mm-hmm. um is uh this latest episode this first episode of star wars rebels revisited so um do you guys have fun doing that recording yes it was yeah, it was um yeah what was like probably the highlight of of like ha- rehashing the first four episodes of that? it movie? was it's um a different thing because you're you've seen the end, and when you think about the end, it's just you know what's going to happen, and then you watch the first episode, and it's kind of a different feeling knowing what's going to happen to everybody. So, and then seeing spoilers for everybody who hasn't seen the ending of Rebels. Hold on, hold on. The um, the ending. Ezra decides to go. Into hyperspace with those purple whale things with Thrawn, and we don't know where he goes, so he's lost. And so it's it's a different feeling to know that he's gone at the end of the series. And it is. It is. What about you, Samuel? I mean, it's cool to see where the characters started and knowing where they ended up. Similar to what Nathan said, but I, I, you know, I'm talking um, Kanan, Ezra. even you know Sabine and Zed. I mean, it's really it's really cool to see how they like like their journey and watching it from the beginning, knowing where they end up. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I think that we are going to have an absolute blast going through every single episode and talking about it. You know, even just something as simple as what's in episode three, as we talk about Kane and or excuse me, I think that all throughout the episode too. Callus and Zed yeah, and how they are too. like at war. They hate each other. There's like there's like genocidal level hatred. Between yeah. these two, and they become super close, like bro. They have like a bromance going in season four, <laughs> so it's it's going to be a ton of fun. If you are a Star Wars Rebels fan and you've watched that, rewatch this series with us. Watch yeah. the episode and then hear us talk about it. I think it would be an absolute blast. So, and uh, again, we talked a little bit about our Patreon supporters just a second ago. Uh, these Patreon supporters are, are are you guys are just absolutely amazing. We got two new ones. Uh, just since our last recording, uh, Ian Thompson, he joined at the Sticker of the Month Club, Ooh, uh, level $10 a month level, and so his sticker is going to be coming out along with all of his regular stuff that he gets for being a member, uh, Patreon supporter. He's going to be getting his stuff. Then we had uh, Lim Lam. I don't know who Lim Lam is, 
because I don't have an actual name right now in front of me. Uh, but that's the way that they listed themselves, and that's awesome. Uh, that may be their name. I mean, they, that, that's cool, too. Um, um, yeah, no, I'm serious. I, I just, you know, it just hit me that they could, you know, be from a, a culture that that's the way that, that names are. And so that's fine. Um, but they, they signed up at the $3, $3 a month. And so that $13 a month level... Uh, or increase in, in giving actually bumped us up to $200 a month in Patreon support, oh, wow. which is awesome because our goal, our first, our next goal, excuse me, on Patreon is to get to $250 a month. When we get to $250 a month, that's when we go back and we do an audio commentary recording of Star Wars Rebels, the entire series of Maul episodes. So if it's a Maul, ep- if Maul is in it in Star Wars Rebels, we're going to do an audio commentary on the- each one of those single episodes. That's going to be a ton of fun. That's going to be available to all of our Patreon supporters. So if you want in on that, you love Star Wars Rebels, you love Darth Maul. Um, we ran a poll actually on. Uh, I ran it on Twitter, uh, kind of a flash poll. Ran it on uh, Facebook and shared it on a bunch of Facebook Star Wars groups. We got like a thousand votes on that in the last twenty four hours, and then. Uh, put it up on an Instagram story, which I'm trying to figure out how to do Instagram stories now. So imagine a 43 year old trying to figure out how to do Instagram stories. Anyway, um, you can do a poll on there, which is why I decided to do Instagram stories. So you can do a poll on it. And just for you guys, not having seen the poll results, Right? You haven't seen those, have you guys? Uh, I think I might know what you're talking about, but go ahead. Okay, I don't so, know. Nate, do you, you probably haven't seen it. Have you seen it on I any think, of the I don't know. Okay. Wh- which one do you think that, which mall do you think more people are excited about? Clone Wars Mall, that's as their favorite, or Rebels Mall? I'll start with you, BB Nate. I think the Clone Wars. You saw the poll? I did. I voted <laughs> Rebels, but I did see that Clone Wars and was did more. Did you see it too, Sam? Yeah, I voted Rebels, but I saw the. It's like way. I don't know Clone why. Wars. I find the mall for Clone Wars to be like disorganized and not really he's chaotic together. he's insane but in rebels he's kind of like a thrawn sith type of person like mm. using like his strategizing every move and then he betrays and it's just i find him to be cool and better in rebels so. yeah i like i like but you know we 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 said it on the youtube show we've said it here on this podcast before our entry into Star Wars for you two and me kind of coming back in um, into the super fan status of Star Wars was Star Wars Rebels. And so the, one of the reasons we went back and watched all of the Clone Wars, all seasons, uh, was it six seasons of Clone Wars, um, was uh, because of we, we knew that, re- that that ball was coming back. Uh, in Rebels. We were watching Rebels and we were like, wait a second. We we were like, the second season had already been released. I had asked for season one for on Blu-ray for uh, Father's Day. I I got I get Star Wars Rebels seasons on Blu-ray for Father's Day like every year. Yeah. And so um, I got season one, we watched it, and then we saw the cover for season two and it had Maul on it. And we were like, wait a second, how is that possible? Like everybody that watched Solo Star Wars Story. Right, exactly. And so what we ended up doing then is going and watching all the Clone Wars before we watched season two of Rebels. And that's when we you know, saw this. So we, we've sort of come to Maul from a Rebels perspective, even right. though we love what he is in the Clone Wars. What, right. Are you surprised by this vote, Samuel? You know, not really. I, I mean, Clone Wars was way more popular than Rebels. And I, I I just don't think any animated series is gonna top Clone Wars. I mean that's it's it's legendary. Its status is legendary. Um so it doesn't surprise me that Maul was the most uh popular uh Clone Wars Maul was the most popular. Um also because I mean that was where we learned that he was alive again. Was in that series. So it doesn't surprise me that people would um 
enjoy Clone Wars uh, Mall better than Rebels Mall. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. We're we're gonna we're gonna have a blast with that, and, and that wasn't even our podcast poll of the week, so we should probably just jump right into those those uh that one here real quick. Are you brainless? I never ask that question till after I've done it. What? So last week we asked you. Know, last week's episode was all about Darth Vader comics uh, series, the oh, uh, yeah. number twenty five, and the big Palpatine moment in the comic, is, which we really didn't even talk about. No, we, that. we barely. We talked about everything else, and we never talked about that, which I think is actually a really good testament to how amazing this story is. Yeah, because we got excited about the series and went back and reread it because of the Palpatine thing, and then we spent like an hour talking about it and didn't mention Palpatine being Anakin's father, or this is a possibility, at least. right? Uh, at once in the entire episode. So at the end, we're like, wait, we, our poll is about this, so we should probably <laughs> say something. But anyway, the poll was, is Darth Sidious Anakin Skywalker's father? What do you guys think? Uh, is he or is he not? I'll go with you, Samuel. Um, I think I'm with the general consensus on the poll. Uh, I'm thinking it's from a certain point of view. Okay. What about you, BB Nate? Well, I'd say, like Sammy said, yeah, I'd say from a certain point of view. Specifically because... Um, even the writer of it did, and I, with right, comics, talked a lot about his his thoughts on this last. Yeah, week. with comics, you always you always trust the writers because on books they normally have to go with Star Wars, um, the story story group and that type of stuff. Comics they do have to go through the story group, but comics are not as canon heavy as. Oh well, no, they're. They are totally pretty good. Canon heavy. In no. fact, just as a little aside, uh, um, I meant um, to actually segue yeah, into this. Uh, Amy no, Ratcliffe, who is uh, the like the chief editor for Nerdist, she writes for StarWars.com, and she's going to be one of the uh, uh, stage hosts, not the main celebration stage. That's Warwick Davis, uh, but um, one of the secondary stages uh, pod, uh, hosts at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. She's amazing. Um, she actually had her name canonized in the latest Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first issue of the latest Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And um, we reached out to, just kind of as an aside, we reached out to, um, uh, I retweeted that, congratulating her on being canonized as like, uh, she's like an Ahsoka, whatever, what's, what species is Ahsoka? Do you guys remember what that is? No, uh, I don't think we've really gotten any. No, they know. Togruta, they know. I think. Togruta, yeah. I think yeah. She, was, she was one of those. Um, and they, they made her canon. And I congratulated her and then I tagged uh, Matt Martin and Pablo Hidalgo and Leland Chi, all of them from Lucasfilm Story Group, and then of course Ryan Johnson on this. And I said, next on the list, Turbis is going to be made canon, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, just I'll just mention it right here. Matt Martin liked the tweet within 30 oh, seconds, geez. so I think it's coming, boys. But anyway, okay, so let's <laughs> talk about the poll. So uh, the vast majority of uh, you know we had about. Uh, 600 or so, almost 600 votes uh, on this. The uh, options were yes, no, from a certain point of view, because you have to throw that in, and uh, other comment below. Uh, the lowest was other comment below. So people were pretty clear that they liked one of those three previous choices, either yes, no, or for, from a certain point of view. Yes was 16%. I was actually a little surprised by that number being where it was. Were you guys? Yeah, I thought more people were on board with uh, Sidious was... Yeah, because people are always like, uh, ooh, maybe Palpatine is Snoke, and that type of stuff. Um, so, with him being Anakin's father, that might put some more okay. spin on those type of people. So I thought it was going to be like maybe half. Like oh, yeah. was it, gonna was, be... it was the lowest of the actual choices that were on there. No was 36%. I'm actually more surprised by the no's 
by people not wanting Palp- or not thinking that Palpatine was in one way, shape, or form responsible for the creation of Anakin Skywalker, the birth of, of Anakin Skywalker. Were you guys surprised with the nose on that? Yeah, I was. I was thought it was going to be way less. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Okay. And then, of course, from a certain point of view, that's the easy, actually, answer, in my opinion. Either it's yes or no, I mean, if you want to take a stand on this. But anyway, from a certain point of view, um, was by far the runaway winner, 45%. We've got a few um, comments from some of our our great Twitter followers um, as to how that works. So I'm going to have Sam, you read the first one. Yeah, the first one's from uh, at Yoda Bauer. Um, she's been a huge supporter of oh, she's awesome. for a long time. Um, one of the most... One of the most positive Star Wars people I've Absolutely. ever met. I want to make sure I say this right now. Yoda Bauer and Star Wars um, Refuge or Port Haven Forums on um, uh, tw- uh, Twitter and on YouTube. Um, if you're not subscribing to them, you're missing out on some of the best Star Wars YouTube content around. And it's always positive. No clickbait. No, t- no TLJ hate. No fire Kathleen Kennedy. Ryan Johnson's a moron. None of that stuff. Very positive. Uh, fandom. So anyway, I just want to make sure I say that because you guys are awesome. We love you guys. Yeah. So she said, um, if he is, then honestly, we were robbed of seeing that revelation on screen, especially with Ian, uh, Ian McDermott's yeah. performance. Uh, it'd be pretty anticlimactic and disappointing to learn that now. I think that's a really valid point that Yoda Bauer puts out there agree. to find out in a comic when it could be actually revealed in a film. Uh, like turbo support. That's why I keep saying you're like, it could be released in a comic, but I'm like, well, it could be released in a movie, and that'd be better. <laughs> okay, so it, I mean, obviously, for Leland, I know you're listening. Yeah, Pablo, I know you're listening. Matt, I know you're listening. Great kid, don't get cocky. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Um, and of course, JJ, because oh, um, yes. uh, you get all of your like great suggestions about how to do episode nine from us, like That's like the title of the title. What's the title going to be? Sam? Fractured uh, Hope. I love that title. So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, we would love for it to be in episode nine, like uh, somewhere on screen, and we would like freak out and scream, and the entire theater would like lose their mind. They probably they would would kick us out. They would kick us out, and then we would be okay with this. I mean, they could throw us in jail, and we'd still be happy. Um, <laughs> but if it got done in a comic, a comic book, that would still be amazing. Okay, yeah, we're I still would okay it. with that. We're okay. But like she said, okay. it could be. It, it we would have been robbed from it because not yeah. as many people. But would in the end, out. with Palpatine, it makes more sense. It does to because Palpatine has Ian been is an amazing actor. Oh yeah, he yeah. is. You guys actually, that's a fun story. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we do. Day, it was a day one of Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, I think it was day one or day two. Okay. We had no clue what we were walking into with that. Uh-uh. It was, and those of you that were at Star Wars Celebration Orlando, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. When I say that it was a little bit chaotic the first couple Just of a days, little. and then the the way to do autographs was a mess. They didn't explain it very clearly. And Samuel, you missed your opportunity to get Jeremy Bullock's autograph, Boba Fett's autograph, because we didn't know the timing, the frames on it. It wasn't clear mm. um, when your slot was, and so I ended up having to wait. And this is not a joke. Not a joke. Not I we, I stood with him for a part of it. Part of it. Most of it. Yeah. It was. I waited in the customer service line for three hours. Uh, Trust me, there are people who um, and people were losing their their job. Yeah, they were freaking out. There were you like meltdowns. I was mad. But you were mad, but you went to go get Papa John's um, pizza from one of the vending, like not vending machines, but yeah, vending carts. And I was just sitting there, and the people behind me were like angry and they were they they were i'm surprised they kissed their mother with those mouths they were like 
they were using their. I'm like, okay, I'm it just. It was gonna, not family friendly. It, no, no, it, it was not. It wasn't touching me. Really, sons. really mad. Well, but, um, yeah. but you guys actually, um, I was like, well, I'm not going to make them stand in line with me for the next two hours or whatever. Once I realized it was going to be that long. Um, I sent them off to go watch a panel. And what did you guys go watch, Samuel? Yeah, we went to the uh, Ian McDermott panel. Really. What did you guys think about that? It was fun. I'm, I remember I remember it vaguely. I'm forgetting who um, questioned him. I'm pretty sure it was Warwick Davis. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. They just talked about you know what it was like to play the Emperor and all that. I mean, it was so much fun. He was talking about uh, working with Hayden Christensen and how that was an awesome experience. And, um, I mean, he went out on stage and, you know, the first thing he does when he's introducing the crowd, he like hits his hands, puts his hands out like he's doing force lightning and stuff. And I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was just a a fun panel. And he's an amazing actor because he would like, he would just be talking normally and then he'd go into emperor mode and it's just like, it's jarring. But like, he was talking about how he does his laugh and that was like a whole like 20 minutes of him figuring it out. And he's like, you would always have to like put it down into the deep bellows of your throat and, like, do it. But it always got his throat really sore. And yeah. so after a full day of him doing that, his he was, like, almost sick and stuff. So he's like, it wasn't too fun, but I can do it. Yeah, I mean, and, and the whole reason we're bringing this up is it was he's an amazing actor. He loves the character mm. of Darth Sidious and Palpatine. And so he... Um, I think that Yoda, Bauer, I think you are absolutely right. They would miss an opportunity to make the full reveal. And Matt Martin and um, Charles Soule, the writer of the comic, Matt Martin on, on, on Story Group, uh, they both have made it very clear. This is just sort of a vision, a, a dark side vision. Right. And so it can it can be interpreted, you know, in a number of different ways. So that's cool. Okay, next one. Dead Clone Denal, I guess that's you, BB Nation. Um... He said, I think the rise of the dark side, a.k.a. Palpatine, and possibly Plagueis, caused Anakin to be conceived. All right, now this goes back to the Darth Plagueis novel by James, uh, I think it's Lucino. Uh, have you guys read this book? No. No, I've heard of it, though. Okay, it. outside of Heir to the Empire, and that, the Thrawn trilogy from, from Legends, I don't know of another book that has been more lauded by fandom than the Darth Plagueis book. Hmm. Um, it was one of the last, I think it's even the last uh, Legends book. Oh, that wow. was written before the the switch over from to Disney and and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and basically, the way that they they interpret you know this is a story of, of Darth Sidious as a as a apprentice to Darth Plagueis and the whole you know mo- that whole story that's going on there. And they basically they're working to try to manipulate the the midichlorians to create life. And in the process, the Force reacts against it um, in the book. Um, as a counterbalance to what the Sith are doing in this book. Mm. Um, and that's when they, the, the midichlorians itself, the light side of the force through the midichlorians creates Anakin as a counterbalance hmm. to them. So that's how the, so it fits with the chosen one stuff. It fits with Plagueis and Anakin and Sidious being responsible for the birth of Anakin, but it not being directly like they created Anakin. What do you guys right. think about that idea? I mean, that's interesting. I like the idea. Obviously, it's not canon, so... I mean, but the concept, I like. I I, I like how it kind of pleases everyone. You know, you could say one one way or another. Well, I I don't like the whole... I think Darth Plagueis could be a cool character. I just don't like um, the fact of him. I just don't feel like he's... I know the Dark Plagueis is so wise, it's all it's a cool story and all, but I just don't find him to be important to any of the story to be really um 
create Anakin. Yeah, but in, and in if, canon, we know very little about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so... so and doing. I think that's intentional. He's not supposed to be important. No, He's just supposed to be there. He's a big fan thing, and I think Disney would be... I think Disney would be foolish not to give us more Plagueis at some point. Well, uh, they'd have. It's Snoke. It's not Snoke. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the last one, this is a great Twitter name, by the way. I don't know if that's what your hash... Your... Uh, your... your um, actual handle is but the name that you have in front of it because it got cut off uh was full frontal nerdity that's a that's a, a pretty good one and this is actually a really funny um exchange that i had on twitter with full frontal nerdity he replied back to our poll he says if snoke is actually plagueis uh then it would have been great if plagueis created anakin got killed by sidious and then way later created ray okay so you guys tracking what that is so if snoke is plagueis mm-hmm. then it would be cool if plagueis created Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. Anakin got killed by Sidious and then came back as Snoke like, create, re- 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 and then made Rey as a chosen one character. <laughs> um, and then it, but then, it, and, which I think is actually a pretty interesting idea. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't think that Snoke is Plagueis, so I don't think that's the case, but it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, I, mean, if, I do. If, if Plagueis created Anakin, and then that whole thing fell apart because because uh, Sidious killed Plagueis, mm-hmm. and so Snoke resurrect is resurrected, as, or Plagueis is resurrected as Snoke, and then he like continues the plan by creating Ray, and so Ray is the same is another chosen one, you know, in that. Idea. Yes. So I think that's a cool idea. But this is where it got fun. He says, "But he's not," meaning he's not Plagueis, right? Or Snoke. He says he's not, he's just, Snoke is just some guy. Some guy that's pointless. Why make a multi-million dollar movie about pointless people? Hashtag rant. Okay. <laughs> okay. Was, you know what? It's okay. So, you know, Let's you just know, tone it down a bit. Podcast, Joseph Scrimshaw has an episode that they do every week uh, where it's basically like uh, Star Wars counseling. Where he helps people get Star over Wars some of their fr- their frustrations. It's absolutely a, a hilarious, and it's actually really good because Joseph Scrimshaw loves everything about Star Wars, and he thinks it all through to make it all make sense, and then he helps people, you know, Cope. deal with this. In fact, one of my favorite episodes of that was when Alex and Molly Damon from Star Wars Explained mm-hmm. were on there sharing some of their gripes and complaints about the Star Wars universe, and Joseph was dealing with it. It was right after. It was actually they recorded it when we met them at um, uh, Scum and Villain. Oh, really? It was right yeah, that's weird. So then. Um, so, so then I replied. So again, the whole point is he's like, wait, Mike, a multi-million dollar movie about pointless people. Hashtag rant. And that's Snoke. So I replied back. I'm the, the Emperor was pointless in 1983, too. Hashtag revisionist history. Yeah. So basically <laughs> what my idea was, you're making the Emperor out to something that he wasn't when the movies came out. There, right. Nobody knew anything about Palpatine. And nobody cared. We, and nobody cared. All we knew about Palpatine was that he was the, the head bad guy. He was really really cool with the force lightning at the end and we've never seen anybody do force lightning before and he was dead yep (laughs) and now we know more because of the prequels we know more because of the comics we know more because of the tv series and uh Mm -hmm. clone wars and and rebels and we know more because of legends books such as the darth plagueis right right but at the time we didn't know it so what i the reason i use hashtag revisionist history was because people forget the way that it was in 1983 and they make the, they, they insert all of the canon stuff that we have and all of the legend stuff that we have about Snow, uh, Palpatine now as the backstory to 1983, but we didn't know any of that. Right. So then he replies, yeah, I guess, but give me a purpose to Snoke. Why is he an empire poser? The title emperor was all we needed to know that he was the top dog. He's the supreme leader. That's exactly what I replied yeah. back. I replied back. Supreme leader. Snoke. (laughs) 
I'm like, you know, it's the same, same scenario. We've been saying this for a year. All the gripes about Snoke could have been said about the Emperor in 1983 after Return of the Jedi, and it's just people wanting to complain about the movie. So, anyway, right. he replied back, and he's like, that's a fair point. So, <laughs> okay, so, all right, let's move on to the next segment here, because we've got some hot takes um, coming up here. So, uh, let me make sure I get the right page. Okay. Oh, you're um, fired. In A New Hope, okay, listen, pay attention, guys. In A New Hope, Old Ben seemed to blame himself for Darth Vader. Hmm. A new comic may give us a reason. Okay. There's a lot, of, a lot of Star Wars coming in 2019. What are you guys most excited about? And is there a new threat coming in Episode Nine that will f- that will force the Resistance and the First Order to come together? Come together! Oh yeah! Right <laughs> nice R and B. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it's time for hot takes. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. All right. I don't think I'm on my mic. Okay, now I'm on my mic. All right. So ScreenRant.com put out an article. I found this last night about 10 o'clock last night. Uh, Star Wars hints Obi-Wan helped create Vader, not the Jedi. Hmm. Hold on. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? The reason I like that is because Ahsoka knew that the Jedi Order was flawed. Right. So anyway, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, it seems that in those early days, Obi-Wan, this is actually a direct quote from ScreenRant.com, and the article was titled Star Wars Hints, Obi-Wan Helped Create Vader, Not the Jedi. So, okay. It seems that in those early days, Obi-Wan was reluctant to take his Padawan with him on missions. He left Anakin behind on Coruscant training with the other younger Padawans. And as the comic reveals, it was Master Yoda who pushed Obi-Wan to actually take Anakin out onto the field. When Obi-Wan argued that his Padawan needed to continue developing in his knowledge and skills, Yoda agreed, but had a simple counter. Should I try it? Yeah, sure. Do it. Go ahead. Do it. But his master's belief in him. He also needs... Okay. Yeah. Yoda won the argument because he's Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> All right. Uh, but here's the catch. When talking with Anakin, Obi-Wan suddenly reframes the truth of that discussion. Master Yoda agreed it was time, he tells Anakin, implying, although not overtly stating, that Obi-Wan had confidence to begin with and that the Jedi Council had backed him. So it seems to me that mm. even, you know, wasn't, Luke wasn't the first person that... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, twisted truth about in order to uh, to put things from a certain point of view. Mm, Anakin and, even uh, says, I see through the lies of the Jedi. I didn't realize he was talking, even could have been talking about Obi-Wan he's too. He's master. Whew. What do you think about this, BB Nate? It's weird because like, you see in episode three, he's like, you betrayed me, but like, he's betrayed him before as you find out in this, kind of. And it's, it's hard with all these new comics coming out, you feel worse for Anakin and what he goes through. Ahsoka leaves him. Um, what just happened in the Obi-Wan comic, like you are saying. Um, the Darth Vader comics. Yes, the Darth yeah. Vader comics even. It's so hard for him now, and you just find that out. You normally, it's like, oh, he's a big bad guy who just decided the dark side was better to save somebody he loved, and then yeah, it didn't Yeah, he's just go. some whiny kid. Yeah, but when you're reading this type of stuff, it's it's not that. It's... He actually was having conflict throughout the whole time he, he was, was a Jedi. Betrayed. He was a lot. By everyone. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's really interesting, and it, it, it the, the the article goes on, and the comic itself goes on because I've looked into it a little bit it, to to make it clear that the reason that it's not that Obi Wan Kenobi didn't have confidence in Anakin. 
It was that Obi-Wan didn't have confidence in Obi-Wan. He never felt like he was ready to train the Chosen One. He always felt he had, dare I say, fear Uh (laughs) that he was going to fail his master and fail the Jedi Order and fail the Chosen One when he in his training and that fear led to anger anger led to hate and hate led to suffering so we know old ben is sitting in his hut on tatooine with a new with a young luke skywalker and he's telling the story of his training of darth vader a, a pupil of mine and he's saying it with regret it's because he believes it's his fault from the very beginning. He's feared that from the moment that he committed to Qui-Gon in episode one to train the Chosen One. What do you guys think about that whole idea? I need to pick up this comic and read it is what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Next hot take. Let's see here. Where are we at? Uh, here are all the Star Wars projects coming in 2019. And actually, I didn't get to list them all because there's too many of them in it's just crazy. Um, here's everything that's coming in 2019, guys. We're going to get your feedback on what you guys want to see. Or you're most excited about. Got it. Episode 9. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, uh, The Clone Wars Season 7. Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Galaxy's Edge. And then you could also throw in more Star Wars uh, Resistance. Jedi um, Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Um, you could throw in, let's see, what else is it? Um, Vader Immortal. Vader Immortal on the Oculus uh, VR set. Mm-hmm. Um the interestingly enough, I, just, I made the connection earlier this week when I was reading somebody's stuff about the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace is is this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's is, is it an accident that they're coming out with two novels, canon novels from that time period? No, they're no. coming out with a and then, novel, and they're coming out with Qui Gon, and then all these new comics that are coming out yeah. about the Age of Republic. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So, what do you guys? I want to start with you, Samuel. What are you most excited about in 2019? Episode nine, obviously. Like that is like like head and shoulders above everything else. Right. Okay. Uh, celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So, so you're like ranking them. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, are we sure Fallen Order is coming out this year? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Then Fallen Order. <laughs> and what about Galaxy's Edge? I mean, I know it's coming out this year, but there's no way we're getting in this year. I mean, Unless it's going to be somebody from Disney wants to invite us to come and give it a, right. like a, give us a guided tour of it and let us put about it on our podcast and they can put us on videos all around the world talking about it. That's fine. We're okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, Sam, BB Nate, what are you most excited about? I think all of ours is going to be the first one's episode nine, of course, because it's episode nine. It's the last in the Skywalker saga. Um, then Celebration. Then um, Jedi Fallen Order. I'm excited for that one. I'm, I'm waiting to see what... I'm wanting them to come out with more stuff about it because we have n- we no knowledge of every, about it. all anything about it. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, um, Mandalorian. Actually, switch Mandalorian with Clone Wars Season Seven. You want Clone Wars Season Seven? I'm yeah, ready. I'm excited, I'm about, excited that. about that one. So, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be surprised by this. I'm more excited about Star Wars Celebration Chicago than I am Episode Nine. You know, I was right. Yeah, I'm like, right about there too. I'm and like, I'm excited about Episode Nine. You guys know I'm like totally pumped. But oh it's yeah, a movie. it's two and a half hours, and then a lot of talking about it afterwards, and then a lot, a lot of seeing it more and more again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Celebration Chicago is just different. Man. Yeah, 
It's absolutely I, I'm gonna I'm gonna revise mine too. I was halfway tempted to yeah, say that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I we it's it's an experience, not two hours and thirty minutes of it's the people. It is too. Yeah, it's so much fun hanging out with other other Star Wars fans. You know, we've joked about this before. Actually, it's not a joke. It's actually just reality. I remember being at Celebration Chicago or Orlando about the third day and just realizing that I had found my fandom. I had found my people. Yeah. And these people loved this thing as much as I did. And they wanted to... And, and honestly, the, the toxicity that we find on like social media and on YouTube channels and stuff like that, it's just not at Celebration. No. Because everybody... It's just a different environment. Yeah. Well, but it's a, a tough to gauge, too, because Last Jedi wasn't around when we went. So. Yeah, but the toxicity's been around for years. I mean, yeah. Star Wars fandom's been notorious Especially with Fourth, for Force Awakens. Oh, Force Awakens was out at that point. Right. So, and yeah. so, you know, it's... I, I've... I'm I'm totally excited about it. So I, I love that. Of course, uh, if I was going to do a one and a one A, it would be Celebration Chicago, and then um, and then after that, it would be nine uh, episode nine. So um, yeah, so that's cool. All right, cool. cool. All right. So then the third topic um, of this is. Oh, this one's going to be good. Samuel, I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of talk into this because Thrawn's your dude. Right? Yeah, he's You've my really dude. really gotten into these novels. He's my dude. Okay. So Star Wars Episode Nine, and, th- and this has to do with, Thra- with Thrawn. Okay? I, f- I figured. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine may feature even gra- an even greater threat than the Sith. All right. So here's the way that this works. This, there's a, a thread um, on Reddit, which Reddit can be a pretty toxic place. The yeah. Don't go to it. I rarely do, but I found this uh, thread through another site and I really liked it. So it's by Herplexed 1467. It's a theory. Okay. And it's, um, got to do with the recently released Canon novel entitled Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn. So it's the second of the trilogy mm-hmm. of the three part uh, Thrawn trilogy, the new Thrawn trilogy. And it details a new threat to the galaxy in the form of an alien race called the Grisk. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. The guys who would like supposedly would come in like swarms and stuff like that. Right. So this yeah. is how they're described by Thrawn. Um, Grisks are a, a species living somewhere in the unknown regions, creatures half of myth, whom few have ever seen. It is said that they are nomads with no fixed home, traveling in spacecraft so numerous they blot out the stars. I think that's what you were referring to. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Um, They are said to be terrifying warriors, overwhelming their opponents by sheer numbers and ferocity. Okay? Now, again, you love the Thrawn novels, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Probably my favorite. Because there's, you know, like guys like Ken Knapsack from uh, Four Center Podcast, um, they're not as big into these Thrawn novels. Huh. Um, I thought they were good. I mean, I think that they take a, they're just, they're different than the Thrawn Ear to the Empire novels. That's for sure. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, what, what do you mean different? Like there was a lot more, um, wizardry and sorcery and force stuff involved in the Heir to the Empire. Uh, Cause he would those have those creatures, creatures that, yeah. that could per, like, uh, repel the force or, or turn it off or whatever. And then you had this, um, I cannot remember what his name, um, or Sabaoth or something like that. I think it, it reminded me of the, of the Hebrew term for the Lord of hosts, um, or Zabaoth. Um, <laughs> and so, um, um, but he was like this force wizard, um, huh. in it. And so it had a lot more force. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, here's the theory. Okay. So you've got these grisks from the Thrawn Alliances novel that are like legendary, um, creatures. You okay with the mic there, buddy? I'm good. Okay, all right. Um, and this is what the theory says. I believe that this threat, the threat of the Grisk, mm-hmm. will ap- be introduced in Episode 9, forcing the First Order and the Resistance to unite to combat it. Hmm. 
Now think back to the opening of the Thrawn, first Thrawn novel, the first one. Mm-hmm. No, I think about what I didn't on. read that one. <laughs> oh, so you read the comics. He yes. was okay. stra- He was like uh, stranded because of preemptive strikes right. or something like that. No, by his... he was. He knew there was a threat coming against the Chiss. Right. And they, the Chiss hierarchy, mm-hmm. would not trust his theory for how to handle it. Mm-hmm. So he allowed himself to be captured by the Empire at the beginning of the Thrawn so that he could go before Palpatine. And the whole goal is for him to be able to use the Empire to help combat the Grisks. This threat. Well, That's yeah, all the threat, end. I guess. Now, if the threat is the Grisks, this theory could, could have some weight. So, okay. so anyway, this is, um, let's see, let's keep going on here. Uh, it would also open the door for a new trilogy of movies showcasing our new heroes against this greater threat. Hmm. Perhaps it is revealed that Snoke was one of this new race of aliens, and Palpatine had sensed their growing threat in the Unknown Regions. Now, if you go back to the Aftermath novels, which you guys have not read... Nope. uh, Palpatine's contingency had to do with a threat that was in the Unknown Regions. Hmm. Okay. I can see Episode Nine ending with a large battle and its combined powers with both factions, including Kylo and Rey, fighting side by side helping to strike a decisive victory over the Grisk. They then flee to the Unknown Regions to lick their wounds, only to return in the next trilogy. Now, I'm not sure that last part's going to happen, because Daisy Ridley's gone on record saying she doesn't want to come back for any more Star Wars movies. But, uh, Which makes sense. But the idea of the First Order and the Resistance... I'm going to start with you, Samuel. First Order and the Resistance coming together to combat the Grisk, and Kylo Ren and Rey having to fight alongside each other in order to combat them. What do you think about this? I'm trying to remember, though, uh, in the Thrawn alliances, I thought that the whole, their numerous numbers, blowing out the stars, all that, I thought that was just a myth. And, like, it wasn't, it was, like, actually, like, It was an exaggerated um, story. The legend, the legend, just like with Luke Skywalker, which, again, it plays into The Last Jedi now. The legend of Luke Skywalker is significantly more amped up than the reality of Luke Skywalker. But Luke Skywalker is real. Right. The legend, in this theory, the legend of the Grisk could be completely amped up, and it wasn't Thrawn Alliances, but the reality of the Grisk was still pretty significant. Okay. Okay. Um, as for the theory, I like it. I do too. I really like that idea. Um, although, I feel like it's it would... It's risky, because... You've still got a lot of people who are upset about The Last Jedi. And then in this movie, you just throw in this new race of... uh, This new enemy, and the good guys and the bad guys have to get together to defeat him. It just might be a little bit too jarring. That's been the one biggest criticism of this theory from what I've heard. Because there's only been... The only thing we've heard about these guys before this in canon is this novel. That's it. Um, So it would just be a little hard to introduce this new threat into the last movie of this uh, trilogy. If if they don't give any introduction, expecting people to already have read the novel, it would feel a lot like Star Trek Beyond. When they just introduced the bad guy without giving any backstory, and then just started going along with it. You, you yeah, remember absolutely. that. I hated Star Trek Beyond. I liked the other two J, uh, yeah. new, reboot movies. They were good. They were good. They they just introduced the bad guy without giving any backstory and ju- just went with the movie. I feel like it would be the same thing with this. If they gave backstory in it, um, gave who they were and that type of stuff, I feel like it could be a good 
thing, bringing everybody together, Raylo could be... It would just be a lot to try to accomplish. It would, mm. in two hours and 30 minutes. It would yeah. be difficult. But I like the idea of like the grand, the massive grand battle at the end, though. That's awesome. All right, cool. All right, so I guess it's time for us to move on to, you know, 45 minutes in, we'll get to our main topic. Um... <laughs> On a, on a morning where we're rushed to try to get through this yeah. episode because you got a, a meeting for your new job. Okay. Um, it's been a, a slow Star Wars news this week, uh, this week, but recently we've had a few listeners' questions and comments come in. And so that means this week is a great week to open up the listener mailbag. Rebellions are built on hope. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> All righty then. So, conducting baton. For school, I was watching a video about it, and they're just like going all crazy. I don't understand what they do for with that thing. It just makes no sense to me. Okay, moving on. on So, yes, Patrick (laughs) Covey, he was one of the uh, hosts of the Resistance broadcast from Star Wars Uh Newsnet. Um, he's no longer the host, one of the hosts of that, but he's still, you know, associated with Star Wars News Debt, and he has his own podcast stuff that he's doing. And he's been, he sent in a, a congratulations, I believe, to us uh, for our fiftieth episode, and um, he's been awesome. Uh, on Twitter for us. He uh, was listening. Now, now, what we have to understand is that these have been collected over like two months, these these three comments. This one goes back a few weeks ago to um, um, one of our hot takes um, topics when we talked about from makingstarwars.net when they talked about how there's Sabine's helmet was being used in the Mandalorian. You guys remember? Yeah, I remember talking yeah, about I that. Do. Okay. So he... Um, he, after listening to that episode, had some thoughts, and I thought that they were actually really interesting. So he's got a question he's going to ask, and he's going to explain it on here. Hey, David, Sam, and Nate. It's Patrick Covey from Twitter, a former member of the Resistance Broadcast, now freelance podcasting. Um, I would like to just pose this question to you guys, because I was listening to your show uh, just a few days ago, from about two to three weeks ago, where you guys got on the conversational topic of Sabine Wren possibly showing up in The Mandalorian. So this got me thinking uh, about that character, about what we've seen with that character, and I want to pose a question and hear your opinions on this, because this is very controversial in my head as to how this could, you know, change the canon. So, as we see at the end of Rebels Season 4, when Ahsoka comes in, Sabine has a brand new set of armor, and uh, just a few seconds before we see that scene, uh, she mentions, after the war, Zeb and Kallus went back to Lyra San. So, in our minds, this whole scene of the epilogue is taking place after the war, uh, so after the Galactic Civil War ends, uh, that's post-Battle of Jakku, which, as we know in the canon, takes place in 5 ABY, because the Battle of Endor was in 4 ABY. So this is after the war. This could be, you know, a couple days, weeks, months, years. We don't know after 5 ABY. And based on the current canon knowledge, the Mandalorian takes place in 7 ABY. So is this show going to start around 5, 6 ABY, where there's potential for a little bit of a prologue with Sabine uh, before she potentially changes her armor or gets a new set of armor. 
Uh, personally, I think this is the same armor she has. It's the same design as her, as her original armor in uh, Season 4 of Rebels. Nothing's changed except for the paint. She's just done some new modifications on it. And as we learned in Season 4, and a little bit of illusions in uh, previous seasons, Mandalorians keep their armor for multiple generations and kind of pass it down through the family. So I really don't see her getting a new set of armor. So if this helmet were to show up, this is going to kind of change how we view Sabine Wren um, in the timeline overall. So I just want to hear your thoughts on... Uh, where you think this helmet could potentially fit in, if it is the original Sabine helmet. Because that really is very close, uh, you know, to the end of the Civil War or the beginning of the Mandalorian. So, what's your take? All right. There was a lot in that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of taking. But what I, what I think that the focus of the conversation should be is, is around this idea, okay? Um, we know that... that um, Sabine's helmet has been rumored to be in the Mandalorian. And so let's assume, let's make the assumption, let's take the leap that that's actually Sabine's helmet. Okay. And his point was in Mandalorian culture and in lore, you don't just have your helmet and then give it to somebody else. It's something that, that passes in from generations. And so it's, it's, it's the same helmet throughout all four episodes. She just changes paint jobs on it and things like that. Right. So now if it's Sabine's helmet, then it's likely associated with Sabine. Cause we're just talking a couple of years at most on that. Mm-hmm. So if we have all of that, BB Nate, I'm going to start with you. If all of that's true, does that mean that we're getting Sabine in the Mandalorian, like setting up what's happening in the Mandalorian series, sort of as a prologue. What do you think about that as an idea? Well, I hope so. I that'd be great if she was in there, but I just don't think we would. Uh, I don't think they should. I feel like they should leave this with a new story. Um, and I feel like it would be better if we just learned about. Um, do we we know the Mandalorian's name, right? No, are we. I, I'm assuming that the Mandalorian is the Cobb Vanth character from the Aftermath trilogy, okay. but we don't know that. That's well, I feel like it should just be about the Mandalorian. Um, his... F- we don't know if it's on Tatooine, but we know it's... It looks like it's Tatooine. It does. It's got Jawas, it's got Gamorrean guards, it's got yeah. Tusken Raiders, it's got Speeders, it's got... So, on Tatooine. So, on Tatooine. So, I feel like it would just be better if they didn't if they left Sabine out, so... Okay, what do you about you, Sam, I mean, answering your your question, if that is Sabine's helmet, yes, we will have Sabine, unless she was killed or something, and someone and someone took her helmet. But I don't think that's the case. So if that is Sabine's helmet, yes, I believe we will have Sabine in this series. I still don't think you should put Sabine in the series, though. I think this should be the Mandalorian the character the Mandalorian character's story. I don't think you need to bring in Sabine or anything like that because it'll sort of overshadow. Everything else. Also, it's sort of tough because you're going from an animated character, Sabine, to try and, and put that into live action, and that just may not tie it over well. well so it worked in Rogue One. Sagarero was an animated character oh. from the Clone Wars, and they had brought him in in Rebels. I don't know. Actually, they hadn't brought him in yet. I not yet. That was after Rogue One. But um, but they had him in. He was a character from. The Clone Wars, and they made him a live-action character, and it went really, really well. So they they've done it before; they had success with it. As long as it's not a central character, like you know, every episode has to be in it. Do you think that they could do it in a way 
um, where she shows up occasionally or she shows up early on and, um, it's, uh, it becomes sort of the, you know, for lack of a better term, the MacGuffin that starts the story off. I think it wouldn't be a half bad idea to just have her for an arc, you know, two, three, four episodes, um, where she's there to help the Mandalorian on a mission or something like that. Um, and then she's gone. I don't think you need her to become a recurring character or anything like that. I think if it's, I don't think you should start off the series with that either, because it, it'll again overshadow it. I think mm, mid to late season one, season two, you bring in an arc with Sabine. Uh, maybe maybe when, she's helping the Mandalorian out with the mission because the Mandalorian has information about where Ezra is. That'd be cool. But yeah, I mean that's what I think. I think she should be more of an arc. If they had success bringing Sabine and BB-8 into the Mandalorian, transferring from Rebels cartoon animated to um, live action uh, Mandalorian series on Disney Plus, and that character was successfully transitioned over, do you think that opens the door for a live action Ahsoka in the Mandalorian? Um, Well, I think they're already thinking about doing an Ahsoka live action, but I think they're, like you said, are probably waiting to bring maybe Sabine in. Because that's not as um, a heavy character to bring in, and then let's say, hey, we're just going to do a live-action Ahsoka without testing this more. And then if the fan reaction is terrible, and that won't be good. But with Sabine, it's not that much of a important character and a TV show. And if it goes very well, then I think they will do it. And you have to remember, Samuel, that the last time we see Sabine, she's with Ahsoka. Yeah. So if they bring in Sabine um, in The Mandalorian, then they almost have no choice but to address the Ahsoka uh, storyline with her. Because why would Sabine be there a couple of years later and us not know what happened with Ahsoka and Ezra and Thrawn and all that? Right. I think you can address the story and explain why Ahsoka isn't there. But I don't think you bring Ahsoka... I know you don't bring Ahsoka into The Mandalorian. Because she is such a big character and so loved by fans. I know that it'll... It just... It wouldn't be good for this series. I think it could... It could be... It could backfire. So... I think that they're not worried about backfiring. I think they're worried about buzz. Um, The solo mistake was... um, It didn't get the fan reception that they anticipated. Um, People have been begging for Ahsoka in live action. Bringing Ahsoka in, which, again, this all leads from the idea if Sabine's in there, you have to have Ahsoka at some point. Or I think so. Um, Bringing Ahsoka to the live action series means automatic eyeballs to Disney+, Plus, subscriptions to Disney+, Plus, which is really what it's all about. Wouldn't you agree? I agree, and I understand where you're coming from, but you just... it, It seems too small to bring her in. I think if you bring, if fans want a live action Ahsoka so badly, you don't bring her in in The Mandalorian. You bring her in on her own series or her own movie or something like that. I feel like it's just it might undermine the character too much and cause a bad fan reaction because they're like okay, we got Ahsoka but in The Mandalorian? I just, it could it could seem off-putting. You know, it's Someone once said, it doesn't matter what you say, it matters how you say it. You can say some things, like I've been chewed out, one of my mentors growing up, his name was Glide, like a glider, you know, anyway, his name was Glide, and he had a gift, and he's he's always had this gift, as long as I've known him, 
for being able to completely chew me out and make me feel good about it afterwards. What? Um, you, you know, like tell me I, where I am screwing up and doing things wrong. And if anybody else said the things to me that he said, it would tick me off. But he did it in such a way every single time that I felt like a better person afterwards and I wanted to do what he said. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters how you say it. It doesn't matter whether or not they bring in Sabine or Ahsoka. It matters how they bring in Sabine and Ahsoka. If they do it right, then it will be successful. It just doing it doesn't doesn't make it a failure or a success. So anyway, okay, That's cool. Fair. All right, so thank you, Patrick, for that note. All right, so now we had a new Patreon supporter. I mentioned you earlier, Lim Lam. Um, you sent an email. You actually sent. Uh, this was actually really, really kind of cool the way that this all worked out. So on Thursday, I got a note, an email from our website, TatooineSons.com, S-O-N-S.com. Um, uh, I got a notification that somebody sent us a message through the uh, contact form uh, wanting to know if we take questions. And then about two minutes later, um, I got a no- notification on my Patreon app that we had a new Patreon support. And then about five minutes after that, I got a message on Patreon from somebody asking if we take questions. Uh, for our podcast. And it was all the same person. So this person really was really excited. So Lim Lam, thank you so much for being yes. a new Patreon supporter and your enthusiasm uh, for this and wanting to be a part of this show. Um, and, it, you know, when I looked at your profile and I saw that you only support one other podcast on Patreon, and that's Force Setter, which is like one of the big boys with Ken Knapsack and Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Uh, we love that. They are like... You know, we look up to them so much to be in the same, in your mind, um, at, at a level to, res- to to have support from you from that is awesome. And so you sent us like a really, really long uh, email <laughs> yesterday uh, with, a, with a topic discussion. I'm going to try to, to stay on top of it and keep it, keep it consolidated. But I think that both of you, we've talked a little bit about this. Now, this was in the, um, uh, this, in response to our episode two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Um, on how do you define Star Wars? And we talked about the mythology. We talked about lightsabers and spaceships. We talked about the Force. We talked about lots of things that could define Star Wars. And so this uh, discussion point from Lim Lam um, was in response to that. Okay? So you guys ready? So it's going to have a lot of Joseph Campbell stuff in it. So anyway. Uh, Star Wars, as originally managed, imagined by George and continued on to even the prequels, has always meant was always meant to be as a myth and as such an allegory of society, life, and basic human existence. Star Wars, like most myths, is meant to be understood in its broad strokes, and you lose the impact when you break it down too literally. Well, is tracking with this so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which brings me to The Last Jedi. I think a lot of the talking points about it revolves around things that are taken way too literally. Uh, why ships can't do certain things, because we've never seen it in a movie. Luke's character acting out of character, or how certain characters should have been, etc. Instead of losing focus on such things, they forget to see the bigger picture and understand the message that all of these pieces set up. Characters are intentionally set up with their own point of views. Another discussion for another day. And they're meant to foil other characters and propel his or her story arc. Examples, Luke and Rey, Poe and Leia and Holdo, Finn and Rose... Luke is an older man who is facing the burden of his experiences and ultimately passes all of his strengths and weaknesses to the next generation. Are we still tracking? Okay. If you guys haven't, and this is a little note here, if you guys haven't had a chance to delve into Joseph Campbell, I highly recommend watching The Power of Myths on Netflix. So we're going to write that. I'm going to write that down. 
Yeah, it's on Netflix too. So I mean, we can definitely check it out. Below is an excerpt from the interview, which I think summarizes all of this. So it's an interview with a really famous um, a broadcaster, news newsman, news anchor, um, Bill Moyers. Uh, he was a PBS uh, guy for a long time. So he's interviewing Joseph Campbell, uh, Samuel. Yes. Do you have your script? You have a script. Did you have this note? I do not have that note. Okay, well, then I'll read it myself then, instead of us passing a paper back and forth. Yeah. All right, here we go. Bill Moyer says, Let me tell you what happens to me when I read these stories. No matter their culture of their the culture of their origin, I feel first this sense of wonder at the spectacle of the human imagination, simply groping to try to understand this existence. Does that ever happen to you? Joseph Campbell responds, I tell you, mythology I think of as the homeland of the muses the inspirers of poetry and to see life as a poem and yourself participating in, po in a poem is what this myth does for you. Bill Morris continues. What do you mean a poem? Joseph Campbell. I mean a vocabulary in the form, not of words, but of acts and adventures, which is connotative, which connotes something transcendent of the action here and which yet informs this whole thing so that you always feel in accord with the universal being. Bill Moyers continues, well, the interesting thing to me is that far from undermining my faith, your work in mythology, now, I get the feeling that Bill Moyers is saying this from sort of like a Christian perspective here. Well, the interesting thing to me is far from undermining my faith, your work in mythology has liberated my faith from the cultural prisons from which it had been sentenced. Joseph Campbell responds, it liberated my own. I know it's going to do it with everybody who really gets this message. Every mythology Every religion is true in its sense. It is true as metaphorical of the human and cosmic mystery. But when it gets stuck to the metaphor, then you're in trouble. All right. So the whole idea that's being made here by Lim Lam in this is that when you take the specifics of Star Wars too literally, you miss the big picture. There's a, a cliche. You guys have heard it. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees, have you guys ever heard something? I've heard of it. It never makes sense, mm -hmm. though. Okay, so you're so close to the forest. You're so, like, you're in the middle of the forest. And you're focusing so much on each individual tree that you're missing that you're in the forest. And there's a bigger uh. forest going on uh, out there. Okay, so the idea is when you take Star Wars too literally, you miss the bigger picture. The bigger picture is that what you and I, we've all talked about. We talked about it on the episode that Lim Lam's referencing, that eternity, when I see that eternity, biblically speaking, like from the, I'm a Hebraic scholar. I love Hebrew. I love the Old Testament. I love um, the, the culture of it and the, the context of the Old Testament. Um, and the idea is when it says eternity in the Bible, it's not talking about just living forever. It's talking about this realm beyond what we can see. It's like we are actually characters that were written into a story, but there's someone bigger that's actually writing the story. And there's a whole universe. Like if I'm sitting here reading a Star Wars book, there's a whole universe outside that book that doesn't apply at this point. Right. And so eternity is that whole universe outside of that story. Um, with that. And so what I, you know, when, can, can we get so focused on is the whole no maneuver possible? Who is Snoke? Why did Luke throw the lightsaber over his throat, his shoulder like that? Why are the resistance bombers fly so slow? Why did it? Yeah. Why, why did they do that? Why can bombs fall in space? Uh, so we lose the fact that there's just a bigger story going on here. And that's what this is referencing. What do you guys think about that? BB Nato, have you go first. Um, I liked this whole story. He put it together very well, so he spent a lot of time on it. So thank you for that. Um, I agree with everything that that said. 
It does not matter if bombs can fall in space or why do the bombers move so slowly or something like that. It all matters about just Star Wars. It's just Star Wars. It's a movie. Yeah, but it also reminds me of what George Lucas has said multiple times. In fact, I, I put it out on our um, uh, website um, for a, a new page that we just list, uh, put out on New Year's Day was for other podcasts and YouTube channels that are kid-friendly, um, that actually have kids involved in, in the production of them. And I listed on there a quote from George Lucas where he talks about, you know, Star Wars is for 12-year-olds. It's talking about how you're going from a childhood to an adult and you're having to learn how to do the right thing. And, and, and Star Wars is designed to help you know the difference between good and evil and right and wrong and how to build relationships and friendships and actually sacrifice yourself for others. And this is the whole idea behind Star Wars. Do you think, Samuel, that getting so focused on the details causes people to lose sight of the big picture of what Star Wars is all about? I, I mean, absolutely. And I think that's a problem a lot of times now, nowadays. I mean, you just get so focused on the details that you for, you for everyone forgets the big picture that... There's more out there, you know? And I think that's obviously the case with Star Wars. I mean, that's usually what the gripes are for The Last Jedi, is those nitty-gritty things. You know, why, you know, why is Haldo... Why does that work? You know, all the main criticisms are all on the specifics. You know, no one's asking about, you know, did Luke do that to sacrifice himself to save the galaxy? Or, or you know, no one's talking about the big picture. They all talk about the nitty-gritty specifics and i think if everyone took a little bit of a step back looked at the story and why things are happening it would help them understand that that's a good movie it's a really good movie and also it's just a movie yeah you know it's 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 literally just a tool for help to help us understand the world around us and it is just a movie and it is just a story and but you know for us you know we've made it abundantly clear that we come from a christian faith background and we believe in the Bible. We believe in the God of the Bible. We believe in Jesus. We believe in his death. We believe in his burial. We believe in his resurrection. We believe in his redeeming power, which I can't wait to talk about redemption on our Patreon uh, themes podcast in March. You know, this is, this is, uh, who, this is who we are, okay? I, don't, I, I believe that the mythology of the world around us points us to the God of the Bible. And, it, and so I disagree with Bill Moyers and Joseph Campbell in this interview, when they say that it releases their faith from, um, uh, you know, focusing on everyone's beliefs are the same. I just, I, I, I'm not, you know, condemning anybody that disagrees with me. What I'm just telling you is that I believe that the God of the Bible is the one true God. I believe that the story of the Bible is the story that's written on our hearts. And it's why the mythology of the world around us is so compelling to us because we have the story of the Bible written on our hearts and it resonates with us. And that's why we know innately, we know when someone is good. We know when someone is evil. We know when something is right. We know when someone is wrong. We know what injustice is because it's written on our hearts. It's who we are. We are eternal beings that are living in a temporary world and our hearts are crying out to be in that eternal world again. And that's what why Star Wars resonates with so many people. When you don't get so focused on Holdo maneuvers and lightsaber crystals, you get more focused on bigger stories. Yeah, and I, I've talked about this on, I think it was this episode. I talked about how, the, you know, Joseph Campbell and the archetypes and, and things like that. And how, you know, you I think you mentioned something exactly of this alley. How if you took someone from a rural, like some 
ancient, uh, some ancient, some a village in the middle of the rainforest that they've never been exposed to the outside world, and they've never heard a popular story. They can recognize a hero when they see one, and they can recognize a villain just instinctively. I mean, we are literally programmed to enjoy and understand stories. That's just who we are. And it's like what you're saying with the Bible. I mean, we just, we're, writ- we're built to enjoy and, and listen to stories. And I was talking, I said this on the podcast as well, when you read the Bible and don't get so focused on sacrificial practices or what's good to eat or not, or, you know, anything like that, and think about the larger story, it seem, it's like something, it's a lot like something from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean... <laughs> what do you think about this idea, BB Nate, that the idea of the mythology of the world around us, be it Star Wars, Greek mythology, Far Eastern mythology, uh, you know, any of these things, uh, these mythologies are, are really pointing us towards a bigger story. And that bigger story is that there is a god, there is something bigger than us. There is eternity, and that we can, um, we are not meant for this temporal existence. We are meant for an eternal existence, and that's why these mythologies, Star Wars included, resonate so much with us. Any any thoughts on <laughs> on this? It's a it's a bigger question. It is. Know? It's a different question. It's um heavy. It is. It's <laughs> a it's a. Heavy question for a Star Wars podcast, to be honest. No, no, it's on, but honestly, I think we should think about it. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting because this morning I was thinking about this very idea. And I was thinking about all of our Twitter followers. And I was thinking about how all of them are individuals going through their own things, their own stuff. And sometimes Twitter can be a really ugly place. Um, we've experienced it um, in the past couple of months. We experienced it this week. Somebody just like targeted us for some harassment, um, on there so much so that some people from the Commonwealth saw it. I, you know, I was trying to ignore it. Um, they saw it and they actually reported it, uh, to Twitter because it was so absolutely insane. Um, but, but anyway, uh, Twitter can be an ugly place and people are going through their own things and we forget that sometimes. And so I just, I felt like I was compelled to say this. And so I want to say this on the podcast too. Um, I tweeted this out this morning. I said, dear friends, we sincerely want you to know that you are more than a random blob of organic material that will someday cease to exist. You are important. You have purpose. And your life matters. We love you guys. Tatooine Sons. I think it's important for us to, to understand that that people need to know that that's, that, that there's more to life than just waking up in the morning, going to a job, eating some food, hanging out and watching some Star Wars movies at night, going back to bed and repeating the next day. That life is bigger than that. And the reason that you love this story so much, Star Wars, because you're listening to a Star Wars podcast. Obviously, you love Star Wars. Otherwise, you're just, you know... Go back and listen to the beginning with the whole not a Star Wars fan thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, you're listening to this because you love Star Wars. I believe in my heart of hearts, that the reason you love Star Wars so much is because you have an eternal existence written on your heart. And you want, you know it, that, that there's something more to this life than just this physical state that we're in. And we want you to know that your life matters, that you have purpose, and that we do think that there is something more to life than just living this physical life. So anyway, enough with, I'm not trying to, trying to preach. I'm keeping it pretty, pretty generic, but I just want you to know that I, that we feel that way about you guys. All right. Last, uh, one we had, um, who is this from? 
Rural Farm Boy. Rural Farm Boy. I love Rural Farm Boy. Because <laughs> Rural Farm Boy is more than just a really cool dude. Uh, Rural Farm Boy, like, owns his Twitter avatar. He, like, talks like he's a Rural Farm Boy. And he had... Um, he's listen This was actually going all the way back to like before we watched the holiday special. So we're still in California uh, when he uh, sent this to us. It was a couple of months ago, um, and it was um, well. I'll I'll let Rural Farm Boy. Um, he'll he'll set it up just fine. So here you go. How do Tatooine sons Sam and Nate? And as I'll call you Dad. And Dad, you know me much better on that modern-day social media place called Twitter as Rural Farm Boy. Been listening to your show for a time now. And just listening to your most recent show, oh, by the way, happy belated life day. And I so look forward to listening to what Sam and Nate has to say about the Star Wars Holiday Special. I was an 11-year-old kid. When that aired on CBS, and I got to watch it live, so I can't wait to hear what you think about that. But I'm just had to give your show a second listen because of the last ten minutes where you had a segment called "Please Don't" for episode nine. Now, for me, I voted in your poll, and I said. Not for me to say, because not my t- story to tell. But really sh- got me thinking, because Sam started with, please, not another Death Star. Want something new. Well, fellas, think about this. Since what we now call A New Hope, every next Star Wars story has been something new. Including the Clone Wars and Rogue One, and Solo, in Episode 7, and Episode 8. Every next thing has always been new, and will continue to be. Then I heard lots of needs and wants about this, that, and the other. Um, Star Wars has never been about what fans need or wants. been about what we're given. But there are Star Wars stories been told what we need or want and we call them fan films that's what they are but the one thing that struck me most when when his dad said please not from Ray not no new Jedi order and I've been thinking that since prequel times and I'm all aboard with that the Jedi need, do need to be, I think Sam said it best, they need to have families and love. And that's not a please don't from me. I'm a hopeful, and I will be glad for what I'm giving. So let's see where this goes. And maybe it does go that way. I love listening to your show every week. And you can count me along as a regular listener. Until your next most recent show, may the force be with you three. Oh, thank you, Real Farm Boy. See I you on love the radio. It. Whoa, I thought you were done. Sorry about that, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
What do you guys think about that? You know, he's talking. The general idea that Real Farm Boy is saying is, you know what? You don't get to make the story. That's true. And you should just be happy we have the opportunity to have Star Wars. And if you want to make your own stories, which I think is really ironic that he, yeah, in, in light of what's <laughs> happened the last few weeks, um, make a fan film. And it's okay to do that. Right. Um, uh, with that. Um, and so, you know, we've got the Vader fan film that came out that's gotten a lot of publicity. And it's it's great for a fan film. We talked about it last week on the show. We love it as far as a fan film goes. But we're more interested in the canon stuff that they're putting out by Lucasfilm and Disney. So, um, which is fine. You know, but his idea is you don't get to make the decisions. Take what they give you. Be happy that you get Star Wars because it's really not about you. What do you guys think about that? I wholly wholeheartedly agree with everything he said he made good points and if we don't get to choose what happens we may have theories before let's say episode nine and we may out. have our wants and our desires yes. and that kind of thing but we had like our we own want turbis to be made canon like really bad yeah. but we had our own wants and don't wants before last jedi yeah we even had a whole episode about them yes <laughs> um and some of those did not happen. Some of them did. And we walked out of the theater and said it was a great movie. Unlike some who said, had their own wants and don'ts and then just thought, well, it didn't fit what, didn't they, fit wanted, what they wanted. So I can't like this movie. So. You were given a Star Wars movie. Be thankful for at least that. Yeah. And so that's what we have to go in with for episode nine. And we can still go in with what we want and don't. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Samuel? What do you think about what Real Farm Boys said? Yeah, it's it's a little humbling, frankly. But, you know, we, I think we all need to be humbled every now and then. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We just need to be thankful that we have anything about, you know, Star Wars. I mean, it's awesome no matter what. I mean, like we were talking about with The Last Jedi. It, we would have absolutely loved the movie if there was lightsabers and spaceship battles and, and crazy, you know, everything that fans were wanting. You know, Luke go on and literally take on the First Order by himself and be the Luke that we were wanting and everything. We would have been fine with that. We would have loved the movie. But we also loved The Last Jedi and what we got with that. So I think that's what everyone, us included, need to be more careful about is just being glad that we got a movie at all. You know, anything Star Wars at all. We talk about the Mandalorian and, well, are we going to get Sabine or Ahsoka? If we don't get Sabine or Ahsoka, we're going to like this show. Podcasts like ours exist to speculate. Right. Okay? And it's okay for us to do that. I don't think... And Rule Farm Boy listens every week, like he said on there. Right. He doesn't have a problem with us speculating. What he was doing, though, is he was trying to help us understand, wait a second, people need to... Not take things so literally, like Lim Lam said. Be willing to, you know, step out of things um, and just let the story take place. You know, I've said it. Others have said it. Um, I think I said it early on. I'm not sure uh, if I heard it from someone else uh, before I said it. But we, The Last Jedi is a great example of this. The Last Jedi was not the Star Wars movie we thought we wanted. But it was the Star Wars movie we needed. We needed to let the past die. We needed to see the the hubris of the Jedi Order, and so and it, and I go back all the way to the Revenge of the Sith movie, and especially the novelization, where Yoda makes it very clear that the failure of the Jedi was not allowing the Jedi to love, and love is the final word. And if and we were created, you know, this goes back to what we we're talking about. We're getting like really like heavy and deep in some of this. We were created with a desire to love and to be loved. And the Jedi would not allow that to happen. When we talk about our February theme, which is love and compassion, 
you know, we're going to talk about this. The Jedi did not allow their order to experience love. And that's why they failed. And Yoda said that in the novelization. And that's why they didn't let, he knows what, he knew what happened with Anakin and Padme. Obi-Wan definitely knew what happened with Anakin and Padme. And so if they would have just let Anakin love his mother, Mm. let Anakin love Padme, let themselves love each other. The darkness of uh, that that fell over the the Jedi would not have, it would not have happened. And when you think about it, he was saved by love. He was absolutely saved. Because of Luke. By love. Luke never once doubted once he came to terms with the fact that Vader was his father, that Vader, Vader was Anakin Skywalker, he never once doubted the love that he had for his father and that there was still good in his father. And that's what redeemed his father. These are big themes for a kid's movie. <laughs> right. And I love that. That's why Star Wars is awesome. All right. I guess that'll do it for our main topic for the day. Let's see. Is there anything else we want to talk Anything about? else? Who's first? I'll, I'll go first. You um, talk first. You talk first. I talk, talk first. first. Yeah. So the Hollywood Reporter thinks that the episode nine title should be the Knights of Ren. Yeah. So they basically say that the uh, Force Awakens, or excuse me, the Last Jedi was was the title was buried in uh, the title crawl of the Force Awakens, and so there's this idea of the Knights of Ren that's buried in the title crawl of the Last Jedi. So that they're they're like there's this theory about that. What do you guys think? You, Knights of Ren? No. Yeah. Disney Plus won't debut any new Star Wars movies. Yeah, they just announced this yesterday. Bob Iger gave one of his like famous like uh, mic drop uh, press conferences where he just suddenly says something about Star Wars and everybody freaks out. And basically, he said we are not. They were that that Lucasfilm and Disney will not be producing live action full length movies for. Disney Plus. Which I the Star like. Wars movies for Disney Plus. They're going to save the movies for the theaters, the TV series for Disney Plus. What do you guys think about I that? I like that. Okay. okay, cool. Laura Dern originally thought that Ryan Johnson was using metaphors uh, with all of the spaceships and Star Wars talk. I don't know. Maybe she'd never seen Star Wars? About <laughs> it. But if you're in Star Wars, you know spaceships and Star Wars and metaphors and force. And, <laughs> and we just talked about all that. So. All right. I didn't even... Um, Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I did list my this week's podcast poll of the week. So let's talk about what our current week's uh, podcast poll of the week is. It's what are you most excited for uh, when it comes to Star Wars in 2019? Is it episode nine? We only get four options on Twitter. So that's why I can only go with these four. Uh, Episode nine, The Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, or Celebration Chicago. You guys get to tell us what you're most excited about. I think I know what the answer is going to be, but you might surprise us. (laughs) That pretty much... Um, does it uh, again we um, thank you guys so much for listening to this letting us sort of wax philosophical and, and spiritual and even religious at times um, in a way um, that we hope is is, uh, is sensitive uh, to the fact that not everybody thinks the same things that we think or believes the same things that we believe um, I appreciate you guys doing that um, thank you so much for helping it make the first episode of star Wars rebels revisited a success. We've had some tremendous success uh, on the podcast side with that. It's already been downloaded like 500 times. Uh, thank you guys so much for that. Um, as well as on the YouTube side, you guys are subscribing to our YouTube channel. You guys are commenting and liking it and watching it. Thank you so much. Please get the word out on the YouTube side. YouTube is a, is a algorithm I've yet to figure out. And I think that, the vast majority of, of YouTubers are still struggling to figure out the YouTube algor- algorithm, but um, <laughs> we're not worried about that. We just want to go out and put out good content for you guys on, on, on YouTube um, support positive uh, YouTube uh, 
Star Wars content out there as well. Uh, so please watch that. It comes out next Thursday. Our next uh, episode is about Star Wars Rebels uh, Episode 2, which is Spark of Rebellion Part 2. So we're going to finish up that initial arc. It gets real interesting in that second half of that episode. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Uh, follow us on social media, on Twitter, uh, to at Tatooine Sons. On Instagram, at Tatooine Sons. Help me figure out this Instagram stories thing. Um, uh, <laughs> Facebook, just... Google or just Facebook search uh, Tatooine Sons. YouTube, just search Tatooine Sons. We're going to be all over that. Um, I'm actually trying out a new um, social network that just came out. What's uh, that? I'm not going to tell you about it. Link MySpace. No, that's a old one. <laughs> anyway, um, if you like this and you want to support us and help us reach our next goal, I have something exciting to tell you. Okay, and we I save this for the end because if you're listening all the way to this point, then you're a serious listener uh, to our our, our uh, show. Uh, we've got um, a black series figure of Constable Zuvio. Yeah, I know. Everybody knows who that is. Look it up. Okay. Um, Constable Zuvio that we are giving away at, at the end of January to um, anyone that's our current Patreon supporter at that point. So we're asking you to help us reach this next goal. We, if we had 50 people listening to this podcast right now, just pledge $1.00. Uh, Sam just looked up Constable Zuvio. Um, pledge one dollar <laughs> um, a month to help us reach our next goal. Then we would have like seventy Patreon supporters. We'd be at two hundred and fifty dollars a month of support, which would help us tremendously uh, with some of the things that we're doing because uh, it costs money to put on a podcast like this. Um, and we want to continue to increase quality, especially on the YouTube side. And you help us with that as well. Um, we want to, to get the word out about this. And so just, um, consider supporting us on Patreon, uh, go on there, check us out, watch our welcome video, read about the different levels that we have on there, pledge a dollar a month, $2 a month, $5 a month, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, less than, you know, a, a, a soda at, I don't know, Seven Eleven. um, to, in order to support us a month, uh, we would appreciate it tremendously. And you'll be in the drive for our Constable Zuvio black series figure. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Samuel, what do you think about Constable Zuvio? He looks like one of those hairless cats. He does. Wow. Okay. In the face. Yeah. But it's um, cute. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, check out our website. We've updated some things. We've added some new links, some new pages. We're going to be doing more things with the pod, uh, the website over the next few months. Um, TatooineSons.com, S-O-N-S.com. And uh, that, I think that's it. Is there, uh, is there anything else you guys want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Always. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please.